0: WSJM News Now, this is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant in the newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. Set for March 1st is a meeting of the state PFAS Action Response Team in South Haven. South Haven City Manager Kate Hozier tells us that's after the chemicals were found in the soil at 1391 Kalamazoo Street, the site of a former nickel plating facility. Everyone's invited to come to the meeting and learn more. This is really for the community to come and ask their questions about PFAS, about PFAS exposure with the MPART team and with all the other members of the group. So far, there's been no remediation plan for the site where PFAS were found. Hozier says the city's municipal water system has not been affected by the PFAS found in Kalamazoo Street. At this point, the MPART team is looking to, one, communicate with the community, but they also want to reassure folks of what what this all means. They will be doing additional testing on residential wells in the vicinity. I think there's two or three for residences that are in the township that are not hooked up to the municipal water system. PFAS are cancer-causing chemicals used in some manufacturing operations. The meeting will be held from 6.30 to 8 p.m. March 1st at South Haven High School. Republicans are calling Governor Gretchen Whitmer's $79 billion budget proposal, a wish list of programs that will cost the state too much while not helping residents struggling with inflation. State Representative Pauline Wenzel tells us the budget does not use the state's surplus the way it should be used. We have this nine billion dollar surplus right now that we should be saving for things that we really need and and right now it's just all being spent in one swipe of a check. Wenzel says the budget reads like a list of talking points for the governor. There's rumors out there that she's possibly wanting to make a presidential run. Whether that's true or not I can't say but her budget proposal sure seems to um, be setting her up for that. A lot of good talking points and good mailers coming out of that budget proposal. Among the things in the Budget proposal are an increase in the earned income tax credit, expanded eligibility for the Michigan Reconnect program, a 5% increase in per pupil funding for schools, and an increase in the Michigan Department of Transportation budget. Wenzel says, with a thin Democratic majority in the legislature, she thinks the governor will have trouble getting what she's asking for. The Michigan House moved this week to avert an automatic decrease in the state income tax that otherwise would have taken effect. Mackinac Center Fiscal Policy Director James Holman tells us a 2015 law would trigger an income tax cut from 4.25% to 4.05% if the state experienced enough revenue growth over two fiscal years. However, House Democrats have acted to avoid that with a spending bill. The fiscal year ended over four months ago right now. It's just a matter of when the state is going to publish its financial reports. And some lawmakers want the state to backdate a number of transactions, in particular in this bill, the $180 checks that they would like to write out to, to each household. They want to backdate that to the previous fiscal year to avoid that tax trigger. Holman says that would essentially give up the income tax cut in exchange for the $180 checks However, he also notes for the checks to happen, the Senate would have to approve the move with immediate effect. With a slim Democratic majority in the state Senate, that appears unlikely. However, Holman says he's not familiar enough with the current class of lawmakers to be sure of what they'll do. A fugitive with warrants in multiple southwest Michigan counties is in custody after leading police on a chase through Cass County. Dwajak area resident George Lawrence Tovey III was arrested Wednesday following a chase that started in the city of Dwajak and ended in a farm field in Silver Creek Township. Tovey, who has outstanding warrants in Berry and in Cass Counties, as well as Lake County, Indiana, faces additional new charges of possession of crystal meth, maintaining a drug house, fleeing and eluding, resisting and obstructing, possession of a dangerous weapon, and assault with a deadly weapon. The police executed a search warrant on a home on Indian Lake and found meth and other contraband. A 30-year-old woman from Dwajak was also arrested for possession of crystal meth as a result of the warrant. The cost of a Michigan Department of Natural Resources recreation passport will go up slightly this year. The DNR's Ron Olson tells us the state law automatically raises the cost in $1 increments every so often. That means the passports will now cost $13 instead of $12. The Secretary of State's office will start putting that fee on if people choose to get a passport and it'll go up to $13 starting in March of this year. Olson says about 40 percent of the vehicles registered in the state of recreation passports, they make up a big part of the DNR's funding. Camping is still our number one revenue source. We get very little general tax funds, very small percentage. It's, it's in a single digit, but camping is the biggest one and passports is right up there as well. Olson says the passports used to cost $24, but the legislature lowered the cost more than 10 years ago. Since then, the state has sold a lot more of them. Two suspects are in police custody after a chase with officers in Van Buren County on Thursday. The Van Buren County Sheriff's Department says deputies with its narcotics unit were conducting surveillance in the South Haven Walmart parking lot about 2 p.m. when they saw a drug transaction take place. They went to pull over the suspect's vehicle, but it took off, leading police on a chase. Officers with the Covert Township Police Department were able to disable the vehicle with stop sticks, and the two suspects were arrested. They're identified as a 21-year-old man and a 23-year-old man from Van Buren County. A witness told police he saw the suspects toss something out of the vehicle's window in a search of the area where the canine led them to a handgun on the side of the road. And the Benton Harbor Public Library is hosting several Black History Month-related events this month. From a weekly book club at delivery to an open mic night happening next Wednesday, we sat down with the library's director, Kat Boyer, as well as outreach coordinator, Ernest Taylor, to find out more about what they're offering. Here's Ernest on a book club. Uh, anything that has someone of any kind of melanated skin color, that is the main protagonist, the driving force, the story is told from that perspective, anything that revolves around that since, you know, it's about black history as a whole. If you have that as something you read, something you're interested in, bring it to the table, let's discuss it. Ernst also told us about the open mic night. We are hoping to allow people to come and use their voice, actively be a part of black history instead of reading about things exclusively from the past or old stories. Come be a part of the present black history, like past, present, future. Come be a part of something now. Come make some history here. There will also be two black history movie nights this Saturday and February 25th. Cat tells us they've also modified the weekly story time to include black history themes and games. For more information, you can check out our story at WSJM.com. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. Top Republicans and Democrats were welcomed at the White House today as President Biden met with a group of governors for winter meetings, ABC's Karen Trivers has more. President Biden emphasized a message of bipartisanship when he sat down with some of the nation's governors at the White House Friday, saying those state executives know how to get things done and deliver for their constituents. One of the things we have a chance to do this year is disprove that this is we're just a broken system. That we're divided. We're just based on extremes in both parties, and we can't get anything done. The president briefly talked about the fight over raising the debt ceiling, which House Republicans are insisting must be coupled with spending cuts. I believe we can be fiscally responsible without threatening our country or dealing with any chaos. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. A U.S. military fighter jet has shot down an unknown object flying off the coast of Alaska. That's according to White House officials today. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby said the object was flying at about 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flights. Kirby said President Joe Biden ordered the military to shoot down the object, which the spokesperson described as roughly the size of a small car. That's much smaller than the massive suspected Chinese spy balloon that was downed by the Air Force on Saturday off the coast of South Carolina. Meanwhile, a U.S. official says they believe the undercarriage where the surveillance equipment and other technology was housed on that Chinese balloon were found yesterday and that they're all largely intact. However, it's not yet been retrieved. ABC's Jay O'Brien is more from the Capitol. You heard administration officials say that one of the reasons why they waited to shoot that balloon down when they did, when it was off the coast of South Carolina, was A, because of fear of civilian casualties, but B, because they wanted to shoot it down in a place where they could retrieve that surveillance equipment and those electronics. But nonetheless, that was not enough to appease some Republicans who say that the administration, they believe, waited too long, that this could have been shot down before it entered Alaska or in other parts in states like Montana that have remote areas. Vice President Mike Pence has been subpoenaed by the special counsel overseeing the investigation into former President Donald Trump's failed attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. ABC's M. Wynn has more from Washington. The special counsel overseeing probes into former President Trump has subpoenaed former Vice President Mike Pence. Sources tell ABC News the subpoena is related to Trump's failed attempt to overturn the 2020 election he lost, which allegedly led to the deadly January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. The move is seen as a major escalation in the investigation and follows months of negotiations between federal prosecutors and Pence's legal team. It's not immediately clear how Pence will respond. M. Wynn. ABC News, Washington. Meanwhile, the FBI has discovered an additional document with classified markings at former Vice President Mike Pence's Indiana home. The FBI search today followed the discovery by his lawyers last month of sensitive government documents there. A Pence advisor said the Department of Justice completed a thorough and, quote, unrestricted search of five hours and removed one document with classified markings and six additional pages without such markings. Pence is the third current or former top U.S. official, joining former President Donald Trump and President Joe Biden to have their homes scoured by FBI agents for classified records. The search was described as consensual and the product of back-and-forth negotiations between Pence's representatives and the Justice Department. Days after the massive Turkey-Syria earthquake, the search goes on for survivors. Morph maybe sees Ian Pinnell. There are over 100 tents just on this one camp alone. So we're in the city of Adana, a fairly large city on the edge of the earthquake zone. Um, this is just one camp. There are 12 in this city alone. And you have donations from people. You have kind of like a food kitchen that's been set up. A lot of people are starting to burn wood to try and keep warm. Uh, Because as soon as the sun disappears, the temperature absolutely plummets to at least zero, if not below zero. What's left behind after a natural disaster so powerful that it rends the foundations of a society, what lingers a decade later even as the rest of the world moves on. Similarities between the calamity unfolding this week in Turkey and Syria and the triple disaster that hit northern Japan in 2011 may offer a glimpse of what the region could face in the years ahead. The two disasters are linked by the enormity of the collective psychological trauma of the loss of life and the material destruction. A big lesson out of Japan is that a disaster of that size does never really have a conclusion. Despite speeches about rebuilding, the Japanese quake has left a deep gash in the national consciousness and the landscapes of people's lives. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has been asking Western countries to send fighter jets to help fight the Russian invasion, more maybe sees Inez de la Quatera in Paris. French President Emmanuel Macron not ruling out giving Kyiv the warplanes it's been asking for, but adding fighter jets would take too long to deploy. The West has so far been reluctant to send Kyiv warplanes out of fear it could be viewed by Russia as an escalation of the conflict. Italian Prime Minister Georgia Maloney, meanwhile, accusing France of jeopardizing EU unity on Ukraine by organizing a Franco-German dinner in Paris with the Ukrainian president that excluded other European allies. Inez de la Quatera, ABC News, Paris. And Americans are set to consume 1.45 billion chicken wings this Super Bowl weekend, so says the National Chicken Council. Some of them will be boneless and thus not actual chicken wings. The boneless wing is a thriving and a delicious deception. It's part of a subset of foods that are popular but also aren't really what they say they are. You can think of baby carrots or mock crab meat or plant-based burgers. In the case of boneless wings, though, there's a reason behind it. They've been more cost-effective, yet some say they're an interesting example of marketing manipulation. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.